Here we are. Here we go. Take one. Welcome to Real Women, Real Lives, where wit and wisdom collide. Seriously, who knew that French fries could be a catalyst for shifts of consciousness? It's just so clear to me in this moment how I get confused about it. And then we remember. How can we create a life that allows us to step into our work and our expression, just being who we are, but also funds our dreams? Yeah. What is my husband doing right now? Am I successful enough? But do you have faith that you're okay no matter what happens? Hi, welcome everybody. This is Barb. And this is Melissa. We are so glad you're here today and we are going to just jump right in and the teaser for today is cheese and money. Melissa, (laughs) take it away. Cheese and money. If I was listening to this, I would think to myself, what are these women talking about? (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I was inspired last week by the French fries and I thought, hey, let's keep it going with food. You know, because they're all metaphors, right? They're all metaphors. And so for me, I wanted to talk today about the Jarls. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the Jarlsberg cheese sandwich and the experience I had with it and what it represents for me. So many, many years ago, my first job out of school, I was working for a consulting company. It was very prestigious and it paid me really good money living in New York City. And I was really good at it. Really, really, really good at it. And I also worked about 70 hours a week and I had zero life and it was sucking the very soul out of my system. And uh, I remember sitting with my mom at Grand Central Station and we had just gotten our, they, they actually rated us, like out of the class of like 200 and I was rated number one. And my mom couldn't have been more proud. She told me, I'm so proud of you. And you know, why aren't you happy? And I said, because my very soul is dying. <laughs> and so I quit. Like I literally up and quit and everyone thought I was insane to leave this prestigious and all the things that we're supposed to do in the world. And so I started consulting for a filmmaker. I'm trying to think if I should say his name or not. I don't know. Well, anyway, he was a documentary filmmaker and brilliant man. And I just loved what I was doing. It was so, so fun. And, you know, I was living in New York City and New York City, even back then in 1723, was really expensive. And so I was on the Upper West Side of Manhattan and each day I would have to get some lunch. And I didn't want to bring my lunch. I wanted to get some lunch. And there was a bodega on the corner and I had budgeted myself because I needed to. And so I had a dollar fifty for lunch. That was my lunch allowance back in 1970, whatever year it was. And uh, I walked into this bodega and um, I said to the gentleman at the deli counter, what could I get for a dollar fifty? Think about that now. It's so incredible. And he said, well, you could get uh, a cheese sandwich. And I said, okay, all right, well, I like Jarlsberg cheese. Do you have that? Yes. I said, how many slices can I get? And he said, "Uh, two slices. I said, oh, could I have lettuce with that? And he said, yeah, I can give you lettuce. How about tomato? Because I'm thinking I need to put some stuff, some sustenance on the sandwich. Is mayonnaise included? Yes. And salt? Okay, perfect. And it was on whole wheat bread. And the bread was very, very soft. So I would take this sandwich. It was wrapped in white paper. And I would go sit on a bench on Central Park West. And I would look at Central Park. And this sandwich was so delicious. The salt, the mayonnaise, the cheese, the soft bread. And I would sit there like a queen on a throne, enjoying this Jarlsberg cheese 
sandwich. Like it was incredible. And I would look forward to it every day. And then one day I decided I'm going to splurge. And I bought myself a Diet Coke. Well, the bubbles and the carbonation of this Diet Coke with the Jarlsberg sandwich was incredible. It was incredible. And I just loved the sandwich and the once a week, the Diet Coke. And it got me thinking, I no longer have $1.50 for lunch today. I have way more than that. And yet when I think back to why I wanted to talk about this Jarlsberg sandwich was because I enjoyed this sandwich so much. And it wasn't just because the cheese was so delicious, which it was, and the bread was fresh, which it was, and they were lovely in the store. It was because I had a sense of freedom when I was ordering the sandwich and I was doing what I loved. And I was in such a a simple, quiet state of mind, which brings me to today, sometimes not so much, specifically around money. I have really believed, and I go in and out of this, really believe that I need to have a certain amount of money to feel peaceful, to feel not afraid. And many years ago, I was uh, living in Santa Monica and I went to a place called Yaz. It was a spinning studio. And I was sitting outside after a spin class with very tight hips, talking to my friend. And I said, you know, when I had a million dollars in the bank, that's when I'm just not going to worry about money anymore. And I'm just going to work toward that. And when I get there, it's going to be good. And, you know, I thought about, do I share this or not? But it's real women, right? And we're being real. I have that today. And at any given time, I can be terrified about money. And here's the other thing. I've sat in Michelin star restaurants and had the most exquisite meals in the world and didn't enjoy them as much as I did that Jarlsberg cheese sandwich. You know, that really touches me as I share that because I really see the nature of how this thing called life works. It's just so clear to me in this moment, Barb, of how I get confused about it. And then we remember. So that's why And as I'm talking to you, I'm really tasting, I'm sensing the Jarlsberg cheese in my mouth. Me too, by the way. I want that sandwich. Right? Like the deliciousness of it, the innocence and and, and the simplicity. Yeah. The appreciation of it also, I think. Yes. Yeah. So that's where I wanted to start us off today. I love that for so many reasons, just picturing you, you know, and in the park having that and just savoring it. And also your bigger point that freedom of mind and feeling hopeful or feeling abundant versus lack, feeling alive versus flat, feeling like we're on the cusp of amazing things to feeling like we're in a same old, same old rut. You know that all those places are really being shaped and created via our minds. But we think it is the outside world or the bank account hitting a certain number or the relationship looking a certain way. So many things that we put between us and pleasure of a moment, like the pleasure and savoring of that sandwich. Things we put between us and knowing we're okay, you know, whether it's the bank account number or some other arbitrary thing we've created in our minds. And so, you know, I think money is an interesting one because I have at times gone through really tough times with money and years and years ago turning a car in that I was leasing because I couldn't afford it anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I made this leap to start my own business back in my thirties and somehow didn't think I needed to adjust my lifestyle, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And so that sort of created some implications, but what's fascinating about that is 
the amount of shame and guilt that it brought that money, you know, and, and that time period came fraught with. And it's just another way of saying, right, whether it's fear and insecurity or worry or it's guilt or shame, we have that connected inside our minds to something. Yeah. To money, to a certain kind of money, to status, to relationship, to, you know, just certain things. And I think anytime we have peace of mind, we have happiness, we have self-worth hinged on something looking a certain way, you know, that is fraught with destabilization and more turmoil. Yeah. And money's no different than anything else. Yeah. Someplace I had it that money was different. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. the truth is we need money. Yeah. So it gets a little tricky, right? I need money. We need money, my husband and I, to pay our mortgage, to eat. So it seems like it's different. But what I know is that getting stressed out about money is not a good way to make money. Yeah. Right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the other thing about money, because I've really been fascinated by this this week. I spend a lot of time thinking about money in the future, in a place that doesn't exist yet, where there's actually no choice yeah. or freedom, because it's pretend in my head. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I remember when I quit my job and my executive position moved back to the States, and I was in the first few months of this new business, which is now 10 years plus. I remember that, you know, my friend and I were driving across country. I was going to, I went to live in Santa Monica for a few months. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 2012. Wait a second. I was there. You were? Yes. Did you go to a spin studio called that? <laughs> no, when you said that name, I'm like, that sounds familiar. But no, I did not. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so my, I asked a friend of mine, I'm like, do you want to drive cross country with me? And she was like, yeah. And so we, I had my, you know, little mini countrymen, which I absolutely loved. And we're driving across country. And as we're driving across country, I had been back in the States fairly, you know, maybe two months tops. And we're driving and we're listening to music and catching up. And then, you know, we're, I'm just full of the hope of this new adventure I'm on, of this new phase in life. And, you know, as we're driving and stopping at these beautiful locations, it's all about the hope and the potential and, and being in the unknown, but excited about it. Yeah. She helped me get settled into my apartment and I dropped her off at the airport and I went back to this, you know, apartment I was staying in and shut the door. And maybe it didn't happen quite this way, but to me, it was like I shut the door and the world came crashing down. And I was like, oh my God, I've got work to do. This is not a business. I've got to get clients. This is not going to last me. I am not going to do okay. I've got, I'm slacking. I mean, I mm. went to town. And by the way, that was like for a number of days. So for a number of days, I was in this anxiety about having to get my business together. Now, what's interesting is my bank account didn't change in those two moments. You know, it didn't change. Nothing shifted out there. I, you know, I just went from the hopeful to the terror, right? And then after a few days, because I had been starting to learn about the role of thought and effect on us, I had a realization and I was like, oh my God, I just, I just took myself to hell via thought. Mm. I went down rabbit hole after rabbit hole of fear and anxious thinking. And I didn't like see it. I leaned into it. 
I thought it was telling me something valuable. And as a result, my feelings intensified. And so I was just really struck about how on the way there, I was in this hopefulness and in this other, you know, moment for days, I was in this fear and I could see thought. I could see, wow, we live in the feeling of thought. I could see thought at play because the truth was nothing did change outside of me, right? Now I still had, but I had that business and, you know, the number of clients three days earlier, you know, like in that respect. And so when I saw that, the thought that came after seeing like, wow, you, God love you. You just like really took your stuff, you know? And, mm-hmm. and then I said, oh, I just need to have faith. I just need to have faith that it's all going to work out. And I was talking to Michael Neal at the time and I shared with him this kind of I just need to have faith, you know? And he said something to me that was so powerful and has continued to serve me. But he said, well, I don't know that it's you need to have faith that it's going to work out. But do you have faith that you're okay no matter what happens? And I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's something different. Because I realized, oh, I'm bargaining with life and this whatever universe. Like, I'm like, I quit. I followed my wisdom. Where's my money? I followed my wisdom. Where's my success? (laughs) Where are the clients? You know, like I was sort of, and when he took me to that deeper, more true place within, I knew immediately, oh yeah, that's the work. Do we know we're okay no matter what? As attached as we are, the yeah, but was like almost immediately, right? But those yeah, buts are the place to maybe question because yes, we want to create businesses that fund our lives, right? We want to create lives that we enjoy and include pleasures like cheese and travel, you know, right? Of course. Cheese, lots of cheese. But what you said earlier, in that freer, less attached mind, we're so much more creative. We find our way easier. The same is true for me. And when we know we're okay, no matter what, we're more open. We hear different and we see different possibilities. We're more risk-taking. Seriously, that hits hard. Okay, no matter what. There's yeah, but, there's no, there's wait a second, there's hold on. Like all the thinking that comes in when you say we're okay no matter what. There's all of that. And also, I know it's true. I know it's true. And what you're saying also reminds me that because we're okay no matter what, we get to play. We get to, I'm going to say it, fail. Now that was never something I ever wanted to do. Because even when I fail, and I'm using air quotes, it doesn't mean I'm a failure. That's not what it means. I always equated that with like, oh, I can't fail because of all the things I think that means about me. It's always about me. (laughs) My thinking is always back to me. Yeah. Failing just means you tried something that didn't work. Yeah. And I can try it again. But in the past, Barb, I just wouldn't try. Yeah. Because I didn't want to fail. And the truth is, even though I had a beautiful life, I, I didn't feel like I was fully living into it. I wasn't really living. Because when we try new things, we when we step into that unknown, right? I mean, it's unknown. I wanted some guarantees up front of what I was going to get. Like you talked about. All right, if I follow my intuition, yeah. am I going to get the money? Come on, I said yes. <laughs> show me the money. Yeah, show me the money. As Cooper Gooding uh, Jr. said in, in that uh that movie so yeah wow okay no matter what yeah i love that and um now here's a controversial question for you you might just hang up on me okay 
You might just shut me down right here. <laughs> I don't know if I have the tech ability to do that, so I think you're okay. <laughs> How do you remind yourself of that? How do you remember that? Is there like a way? Like anyone that's listening, they're like, okay, that sounds great, ladies. But how do I do that? How do I believe that? Yeah, sounds Pollyanna. Well, I think that that question is a personal one. In other words, I really believe that we have to go on our own personal journey of understanding that deeper place within, which is where we know we're okay no matter what. See, I heard Michael saying that to me at first hit me. I didn't immediately walk around going, hey, you guys, I'm okay no matter what. But it hit me and it opened something in me. And then we're on a learning curve, right? Then I began to see all the ways that I don't think that's true. Like my value, my worth is tied to what I contribute. My worth is tied to how I am with money, you know, I started to see these places where again, I had, I had collapsed worth and value and okayness with doing, with results, with behavior. So that unraveling of thought, see, I didn't, to see, it's like, oh, these are just constructs and ideas. I've collapsed inside. And some of us, you know, culturally, like they're cultural norms maybe, but they're still made of thought. So the idea that I, you know, that what if I am okay no matter what, what would knowing that in a felt way, going on the journey, what would that give me? But it was the moment he said it that I knew there was truth in it. And then it was up to me to go on it. Mm. And I think it's so important, your question for all of us, because we can see something conceptually, but if we don't have an embodied knowing of it, it's not as helpful. Mm -hmm. It's something to, it's an aspiration, which, so it's not that it's not helpful, but yeah, I had to go through periods like, you know, I didn't start making money two days after he said that. Mm -hmm. You know, I was still, my first year and a half in business was a very slow burn. Now, in hindsight, I can make sense of that slow burn in multiple ways. And to what you said, you know, as the bank savings went down, my anxiety would go up at different times. Mm -hmm. But when I would catch that happening, because I'd seen something, even as loosely formed as it was, the indication I had woken up to a different level of consciousness, just to use that language, right? New level of some possibility was already in there in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so what would happen was in those moments of anxiety, when I would start to worry I wasn't doing enough and it wasn't happening, I would remember grace would come through that kind of, Hey, remember this idea? Like you're okay. And I'd be like, yeah, okay. I don't want to build a business from fear and insecurity. Can I see I'm okay no matter what and see what's standing on that ground creates in my business rather than my fear of trying to make it and, you know, demonstrate my value. Does that help? Oh, it's so good. So good. I'm glad that you didn't hang up on me. <laughs> That was really good. And you just reminded, I was talking to a group of women yesterday, very, very high achieving women, some of the most successful women I know, actually. And I was, I was sharing about this and they said, but wait a second, we're type A personalities. Like, what do you mean? We, this is how we got here. We drive, we drive, we, we hustle, we go. And we're not just going to sit on the couch, you know, and watch like The Bachelor. Yeah, the season's not very good, but 
And I thought, okay, so that's a good question. How do I answer that for myself, right? Without having to have like the right answer, but for myself. Yeah. And uh, it goes back to what you said. It's a feeling, right? So if I'm thinking, oh my gosh, my business not doing well. My business, I'm stressed. I'm anxious. I better, I better go do this. I might want to sit with that for a second. That might not be the best course of action for my business. If I'm talking with someone and I have a feeling about asking them a question that maybe I don't really understand why that question's coming into my mind, but it's a feeling of curiosity and interesting, and I'll probably ask that question. So it's where, for me, in my experience, it's where is the action coming from? Which thought is preceding that action, that choice? And I don't do it all the time, but I can tell in my body how it feels where that's coming from. So I said to these very successful women, do you have experiences where you've had that sort of, I call it an intuition, a curiosity, and you followed that? Does that feel different than the, oh, I got to get this done? And they said, oh yeah, of course it does. Of course it does. I said, so there you go. And they all thought, oh, so I don't have to give up my business, my company. I said, no, of course not. Why would you want to do that? There's just a different way we can be in the world when we understand how we work. Yeah, that's beautiful. Really well illustrated because that's it. We aren't saying anything about give up on your dreams or don't play big. You know, what we're really saying is there's a more powerful and empowering state of being to come from that is beyond, it doesn't mean at times we don't work hard or experience grit, you know, but to see it's not the source. And there's a way and a state of being that actually allows us to step more into the unknown, like you said, allows us to be more innovative and more courageous and more bold to get over ourselves when we stumble, because we do, you know, to get over our awkwardness, to get over those failures, like you said, to bounce back, all of that. It's like this internal resourcefulness that we have. And I love what you're pointing to. Am I going to let that run the show or am I going to let my insecure, fear-based urgency run it? Yeah. For a long time, my urgent was driving the bus. (laughs) And we were going lots of places really quickly, but we never quite got there. We definitely didn't savor it like you savored that sandwich, right? Oh, gosh. I think we should do a food show, Barb. Ladies and gentlemen, the show is about to begin. (laughs) I think think we're on. I like that idea. (laughs) Maybe, you know, I have a lot to say about popcorn. Maybe that'll be our next show. (laughs) Oh, and you know what? The metaphors are endless there. Just endless. (laughs) Totally. Well, thank you everybody for joining in today and listening. And as always, I hope our ramblings take you someplace insightful and beautiful within yourselves. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining. Sending you a lot of love and awesome. Always fun to hang out with you, Barb Patterson. You too, Melissa P. Hart. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Real Women, Real Lives with your hosts, Barb Patterson and Melissa Palazzo-Hart. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you did, go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow, give us a rating and leave a review. If you know anyone that would benefit from our conversation today, we'd love for you to share it with them. 
What topics do you want to hear about in future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at realwomenreallivespodcast at gmail.com. Want to see the show notes or read a transcript of this show? You can find it on melissapalazzohart.com or barbarapatterson.com. Thank you so much for listening to Real Women, Real Lives. A special shout out and thanks to our producer, Janae Arthur of Peripheral Media. Until next time, remember, take the mask off. No filters, just possibilities. Possibilities.